check. Oh, really? Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 275, November 27th, 2019, Thanksgiving Eve. I remember this. It was 64 degrees on this day in 1998. Yeah. And I, if I'm not mistaken, that might have been Thanksgiving Day in 1998. 13 below in 1872. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on production, Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the Why newsroom, not and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee uh, Shop. Here is your flashlight no king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, it's your mayor, Joe Souchere. Today I saw a gal, she's probably in her early 20s, uh, driving a not a very nice car. Uh... She must have, the only thing I can deduce is she took her scraper, either that or her arm, and took the snow from the windshield and moved it to the hood. <laughs> she didn't She didn't take it off the car, oh. which resulted in a large mound of snow on her hood, leaving her about four to six inches of windshield at the top of the windshield. So oh. she was had her head up while she was driving, peering through this porthole. That Looking out a prison door, yeah. And I was reminded of, I think you retweeted it, Kenny, the Canadian road rage, right. where the guy got out of his car with a scraper and cleaned the back of somebody's window. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I could have stopped her. Uh, yeah. She was going the opposite direction. I wish I could have stopped her and, and cleared that because it was just <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. I use a push broom on my truck. Yeah. Yeah. I have a dedicated big giant push broom that people use in their garages. Yep. Yeah. So on, the, on the, uh, for the hood? For the, yeah, on everything. It's oh. brand new. So it's there's you know oh so it's not it, it uh, doesn't scrape up okay mm-hmm. and I remove every flake of snow from the top in the hood and the sides. I had one one of the great cylinder index pleasures today, and you don't get them often. I got to snow blow the Virgin driveway. Oh. I saw your tweet. Yeah, because my paper guy doesn't come in the driveway. Old paper guys did, but this guy doesn't. You've trained him or what? No, he, he just it's his prerogative. Okay. He just doesn't. He walks yeah. it up. My paper guy didn't make it today until I had the driveway half done. Mm-hmm. Drove up while I was shoveling. I'm mm-hmm. like, why aren't you here yet? I, uh, uh, but that's a thrill. That is a very good feeling to have the virgin driveway. You take her right back to pavement, and uh, no tire, no tire uh, marks. Mm-hmm. Yep. This stuff almost qualified as the heart attack snow. She was a little heavy. I, I used a snow thrower. Johnny shoveled by I hand. Shoveled. I did too. You yeah. know, it's even yeah. better than that virgin snow driveway being gone. Is my friend at the airport had a shift this morning, mm-hmm. and when he pulled up at home, it had all been shoveled already. Well, I would nice. hope so. That's good. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. Yeah. Fact-based <laughs> and festive pre-Thanksgiving greetings to all GLers. But before you partake in Rookie's White Castle stuffing smothered in THC gravy, <laughs> you may want to enlist the Garage Logic players to recreate Joe's recap of The Crown, specifically when he kept referring to Queen Elizabeth's husband as Charles. As I was practicing good space management this morning and blissfully listening to the Tuesday podcast, I got a bit confused listening to the mayor's synopsis. As the misspoken mayor is well aware, being an avid follower of the royals, the queen's husband is Prince Philip. Prince Charles is her son. Good luck, boys. Keep pushing back and happy Thanksgiving. Loyal GL listener in the belly of the beast, Liberal Lakes area of Minneapolis, Steve Mulholland. Yes, I've gotten many, many people pointing out to me that I... I kept saying that the Queen's husband was Charles. No, that's her son. Uh, it's Prince Philip who was the Queen's Do we as GLers earn any points if we not only didn't catch that, but we don't care and we don't know and we just don't give a damn? 
I think I think a point some sh- points awarded. Yeah, points should be awarded for those of us that don't know and don't care. That's fine with me. <laughs> I think he's put a lot of thought into it. Jeez, let's put it this way. You want to you yeah. you come inside? A Check little? it out. Yeah, let us in. Okay, yeah. I you know I I have been told and I've read that you know for the interest of harmony, you should pick out a show. That you might watch with the CP. Oh, sure. All right. Sure. No. Yeah. No. yeah. No. So I, I, I'm watching the Good. crown. That's it. This is step one. Yeah. <laughs> in, nice. the, in the program, this is step nice. one. Yeah. Watching yeah. together. You can, nice. You're not there yet. In separate chairs, way apart from each other. So don't get any words. You're not holding hands while watching no, the hands made tail. I don't do that. We no. watch uh, yeah. the oh. uh, Dale uh, Earnhardt Jr. podcast together. Were you in wow. separate rooms? Sometimes, but we do watch it together. <laughs> but he calls watch, the, How can you watch a podcast? No, he, he says watching simultaneously in different rooms is watching together. Because they it. release it for TV on Tuesdays. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah. Last yeah. night, Kenny would have been proud of me because I watched... I told my wife I'd watch Christmas movies with her this year. So, last night we watched... Christmas in Connecticut with the, your gal Barbara Stanway. Oh, that's a Ooh. great movie. Don't get it started. Sydney Green Street. Yes. Yeah. Well, Debbie oh, and Terry. I love that movie. Debbie and Terry write. It looks like Greta is back home, and they've linked me to a climate change dispatch piece. Uh, Greta's yacht back to Europe is a planet destroyer. <laughs> yes, dear readers. As it turns out, the forty-five yacht. 45-foot yacht Greta chose to carry her back across the Atlantic as a planet destroyer. At least that's how global warming alarmists will see it. Checking the product specifications provided by the manufacturer, the Outremer Yachting 45 Catamaran has a huge 672L diesel fuel tank, which powers two Volvo diesel sail drive engines. What could be more of a planet destroyer than a diesel engine? In fact, from a personal point of view, I'm glad she is traveling on this vessel because as someone who has been sailing since the age of 10, I can assure you it gets a bit chilly on the Atlantic this time of year. As much as I disagree with the lie-filled scripts that Greta reads and the climate uh, and the damage she is doing as a puppet to children around the world, it would send the wrong message if she got frostbite. Not to worry, here are photos of what she will get on this world-destroying diesel-powered vessel to Spain's UN Climate Conference, a vessel that would surely bring about the destruction of the planet sooner if it had just stayed in Sweden and attended school. It's good to be queen. The Outremer 45 has a heated toilet. With this, Will this 45-foot catamaran yacht really destroy the world? The answer is yes, and here's why. The first, the diesel tank holds more than 10 times the ordinary car gasoline tank. It's not convenient to fuel up in the middle of the Atlantic. But there's another reason. The fuel for marine engines is quite cheap. It's cheap because it's the lowest grade of any fuel for transportation. Filling a huge ship tank is economical. Marine engines are built to operate as efficiently as possible on this low-grade fuel. However, no matter how efficient the engine, pollution is enormous due to the fuel characteristics. Here is what the 45-foot yacht will produce, CO2, methane, nitrogen oxide, and others, particulates that cause disease in humans and animals. These diesel engines produce 60 times more particulate than the automobile. (laughs) Emissions which produce smog, like the horrible dark gas covering much of Los Angeles and Beijing, that's not true of Los Angeles anymore, chlorofluorocarbons, sulfur dioxide, nitrogen oxide, and others. So, as viewed by the global warming fraud movement, this boat is indeed a world destroyer. 
And while a ship may hasten the destruction of the planet from CO2-induced climate change, at least the strange hypocrisy of the climate change fraud leaders is on display for all to see. In this case, Greta's Soros-funded handlers, who are twisting facts into pretzels, are trying to present an ongoing image of a low-carbon footprint lifestyle for the climate movement leaders. Lies, of course, but what else is the man-made catastrophic climate change other than a lie after lie after lie? Dr. Joel Glass wrote this. He's an engineer working in the field of water infrastructure for ultra-cold climate environments. He's the author of the groundbreaking new book, Ice Age 2025, How to Prepare America and Your Family, which shows how the Earth is heading into a colder climate, which I've always said, if you want to worry about something you can't do anything about, worry about global cooling. Because it all has to do with the cyclical nature of what we call the sun. Mm. The sun. Pretty powerful orb, huh? I think so. And, you know, this uh, storm we had overnight. Thoughts? Well, what's the correct term for it? Event? Uh, no. Winter? The bomb That's scare. right, John. Bomb. It's a bomb cyclone. Bomb cyclone. It can't That's be a blizzard <clears throat> anymore. No, no, no. That's too genteel. To, uh, to fuel the hysteria, you must call it a bomb cyclone. What the hell does that even mean? That came up last year, bomb cyclone. Well, we had the guy from the Weather Channel. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, going nuts, remember, over the thundersnow in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Was this... The National Weather Service said a bomb cyclone is headed for Northern California, the southern tip of Oregon. The agency said the storm could be a weather event not seen in the area for 20 years. Mountains in the area could see two feet of snow, 35-foot waves on the coast, and then it spreads out through the country. And for some reason, we're now calling this a bomb cyclone. So there you have it. Uh, am I the only one that thinks last night's snowfall was no big deal? No, I, I tend to agree with you. Well, I mean, they, it, they called school and everything off. They, uh, I know a lot of places already had school off because of Thanksgiving, but I'm with you. I, they didn't, we didn't get close to what they were forecasting for totals. Yeah, it didn't. It just didn't. It just seemed like it a typical snowfall snow. to me. It was snow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're you're touching on important characteristics of what is happening. Uh, normal events in nature are being distinguished with new terms, and it's all designed to reinforce the idea that anything that happens now is the result of principally Americans, not Chinese or Indians or... or uh, Southeast Asians, principally Americans, driving cars. So therefore, it's no longer a winter blizzard that ended up making everything look gorgeous for a while. It's a bomb cyclone. <laughs> but it's November 27th. This is our first significant accumulation of the season. Yeah, and it's been about 10 years since we had an accumulation this significant. This early? I guess it's In one November, of the it's one huh? of the all time November storms, is what's being pointed out. Really? It sure doesn't top Halloween blizzard in. Uh, I'm, 1991. I'm really scared to say, especially publicly on my Twitter account, that this was no big deal mm -hmm. because all the weather people, um, the meteorologists, they all, oh boy, then yeah. they, they, they Armageddon. They take offense to that. Well, they're and, in a state of arousal, and then they jump on you <laughs> and accuse you of all sorts of malfeasance. When when all I would say publicly on Twitter was. Eh, no big deal. Drive mm -hmm. like a champ. We can get yeah. through this. We're Minnesotans. This yeah. isn't scary. Uh, but the weather people really get defensive when you say, eh, no big deal. And one of the things that's it's really starting to bug me, and I'm so glad that our gal Julie pointed this out on Twitter, 
Yeah, the roads are bad. We don't need every major local news outlet to be in a minivan out there documenting it. You're just adding to the mess. <laughs> they all were. Uh, you don't blame the reporters for that or even the van drivers Well, they're being told that. from it's, up above. It's the 20-something-year-old news directors that are, have their head firmly buried straight up their ass. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's the news You're directors. You're right. It's not the reporters. It's the news directors. The fault. real problem is the, is the woman I saw today. That's the real problem. You're right. Who didn't clear the car off? Did she have a booster seat so she? She could... was sitting like this. She was driving like this. <laughs> Rectangular vision. I'm peri- I'm I'm, st- I'm sitting straight up now with yep. my head lifted. Edge of his below, seat. Right there. She could see right there. <laughs> He's craning his neck like the size of her rearview mirror. You know, <laughs> it would be a lot of fun to have her behind me at a stoplight, so I could actually get out of my Do truck. Do the Canadian road rage. with my big uh, floor broom and yes. just push it all off her uh, hood. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nikki Mulhausen, she must be with Carol Evan. First snowstorm of the season. Where do you prefer to see your reporter live from? It's a vote on the side of the highway. No, in a vehicle on no. the random road. No, standing by a snowbank. No, Neither. none of the above. None, none of the, the above. Stay warm, <laughs> honey. No opinion. Stay in the studio. <laughs> we can all look out the window. No kidding. You know what I'm grateful for on this Thanksgiving Eve? Terribly mm. grateful. What? That I don't have to go to the airport. And airport. fight through the slog through what that must be like. Today would not be fun. It was chaos today. I, I'm reported. It was reported to me that this morning was uh, complete chaos with canceled flights. People, people arriving at well? the airport after. No, they did not handle it well because <laughs> there's no alternative. You're you're stuck. That's why I said I'm thankful I don't have to. I don't see you handling it well. When you're in the the row of shame, which is where they put people that miss flights, I don't see you sitting there with your twiddling your thumbs with a big smile on your face. No, I would be upset. It's it's become a terribly, terribly difficult way to travel. It really has. Uh, You have to be very uh, aware and awake. Because I'm old enough to remember when it was the greatest means of travel ever invented, it was just pleasurable. Although, if you were coming, because this happened to me last year, we were coming back from San Diego. We had to stay an extra day because of weather. We were fine with that. Yeah. We, we yeah. were out there. <laughs> Let me ask you something, Such. Have you ever had a say in what you were going to do for Thanksgiving and or Christmas where your idea was followed through on? Everybody said, you know what, Dad? That's a great idea. That's what we're going to do. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I, I was really steaming about it earlier today. Uh, my one goal in life, just just one time, just once, I want to stay home with my wife and kid on Thanksgiving. Well, That's I, all I want. Just yeah, once. Well, one time in my life. Well, I am staying home and not very many visitors. Well, you're close. Yeah, I'm close. I'm staying home with 23 and most of them drink. Mm-hmm. See, that wouldn't work with you me. You really outdid yourself. I think you cleaned Spencer Grunhofer out of church. <laughs> I think you've cleaned Spencer out of Turkey. Spencer's uh, uh, Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. He had the free-range turkeys, and I guess they went flying off the butcher counter. Uh, Turkeys can't fly. No, yes, they can. (laughs) Actually, they can. They can. Uh, But there's still that pre-made meatloaf oven ready and the spices and high-temp cheese for venison sausage making, the thick-cut bacon and ham and the ribeye burgers and the brats and the jerky. Uh, the uh, the salami, the smoked salmon. You're going to be real hungry for uh, foods other than turkey in the weekends coming up, particularly this weekend. And you know uh, Grunhofer's has exactly what you want. It's become the meat bazaar. It's the favorite go-to place for chicken and beef kebabs and ring sausage. You name it. 
They're professional meat cutters. They have every form of meat you could possibly want. And you'll do yourself a favor and you'll visit Grunhoffers this weekend because GLers, as we know, they'll be grilling during the uh, they'll be grilling during the Gopher Wisconsin game. Yep. Mm-hmm. They'll be grilling leading up to the Vikings at Seattle Sunday night game. Let's do it. There will be a lot of need need for meat. Grunhoffers <laughs> old fashioned meat. North end of Hugo on Highway sixty one. He's never had a relationship with a tree. But a vacuum, that's another story. Joe Sushman. <laughs> that's from nice. our buddy David Bliss. David, that's nice. David Bliss? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> what a segue, because I was just about to read you a note from Bliss nice. that he wrote to the GLers. Oh, nice. That's fantastic. Hold Kenny? off on that a second, because we have uh, big doings going on up at DKMags.com in New Brighton. The Black Friday deals actually started last week, and they're running all the way through this Saturday uh, with extra special, not-so-top-secret deals on Black Friday itself, uh, only between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Same thing holds true for Monticello, Pawn and Gun. Their hours on Black Friday are 11 to 7. But here's something just for us. If you go in today... Or even if you go in on Friday, GLers. Thanks, Chris. That's yep. that's awesome. You got an email. Um, if you go into uh, DK Mags in New Brighton anytime through Friday, ask to see the secret GL deals. These are deals just for us. The uh, regular customers don't know anything about these deals. Uh, you can see them today and then take advantage of them on Black Friday. And I don't care how far you have to drive to get to DK Mags. From Elba, Evansville, doesn't matter. DKMags.com and New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun. Worth every mile. And the Black Friday deals running now through Saturday the 30th. DKMags.com. David Bliss is our friend from Sofia, Bulgaria, mm-hmm. and he uh, has a hobby. He's he's a philosopher. He's currently in this country. He'll be returning to Bulgaria. He writes, Joe, I was saddened to hear about the McAllister College students who did, not, who did not think we should celebrate Thanksgiving because it represented genocide. This is quite simply historically inaccurate. The first Thanksgiving was held between the Wampanoag Nation and the Puritan Pilgrims. These two peoples had an alliance, and they were celebrating as friends. There are many terrible events in history where blood was shed and injustice was done between the indigenous nations of North America and settlers of European ethnicity. The two groups treated each other terribly. War, scalping, murder, and the terrible displacement of people along the Trail of Tears by Democratic President Andrew Jackson are just a few. (laughs) However, there are also good stories between the two groups as well. The code talkers of World War II. I like to get a Democratic president. That's so awesome. The the code talkers of World War II, the Shoshone assistants in the Lewis and Clark expedition, and the first Thanksgiving are all great examples of them working together for a common goal. To say that Thanksgiving is an example of conflict is an insult to both the Puritans who came in peace and the Wampanoag who went out of their way to help them. To forget this day would be to forget one of the greatest stories of peace and harmony triumphing between peoples who kept moral and ethical clarity despite great differences between them. It is a lesson we should all remember today. Happy Thanksgiving. And I now want to read you what what I read to you last year that he wrote about Thanksgiving. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. It is one of the biggest holidays celebrated in the United States and one of my favorites. America is a secular nation. We have no national religion. While this is overwhelmingly a good thing, the one disadvantage of being from a secular nation is the lack of a commonly celebrated day for anything other than nationalistic pride. 
In contrast, the country where I currently live, Bulgaria, does have national and religious holidays. For example, Alphabet Day is a day of great pride when Bulgarians celebrate the Greek missionary brothers Cyril and Methodius, who invented the Cyrillic alphabet as a means of bringing the Bible to the people who lived in what is now Bulgaria. The Cyrillic alphabet has since spread across the world through Ukraine, Russia, and as far as Mongolia. The alphabet is a big source of national and spiritual pride for Bulgarians. Yet America has no such holiday because unlike Bulgaria, where there is an overwhelming Orthodox majority, the United States is made up of countless spiritual and religious beliefs. This is why I love Thanksgiving so much. It is the closest thing America has to a universally celebrated spiritual holiday. The first Thanksgiving was celebrated in 1621 in Plymouth by two groups of people. They were the pilgrims who were Puritan Christians. They arrived in Plymouth on December 16, 1620, and they did not fare well. During the first months, two or three would die every day, and only 52 of the original 102 passengers on their ship, the Mayflower, survived their first year in America. That number would probably have been much lower had it not been for the Wampanoag people who lived in the area. After a few months living in Plymouth, the Wampanoag and Pilgrims signed a treaty of mutual protection and entered into a friendship. One Wampanoag in particular, Squanto, took it upon himself to help the Pilgrims learn how to work the land. In November of 1621, the Pilgrims and the Wampanoag feasted together as friends in thankfulness. Two peoples with different religious and cultural convictions came together in gratitude. The pilgrims would have been thankful to God, while the Wampanoag, as animus, would have been thankful to Mother Earth. Yet they celebrated together in peace and with gratitude. Centuries later, the tradition continues. Ethnic background and religions do not matter. We are all Americans. We might thank different spiritual forces, or none at all if we are atheists, but we are all thankful. This is why I love America. We share different beliefs and hold different values, but at the end of the day, we all sit down together in gratitude. We are all Americans, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. Happy Thanksgiving. Nice. nice. That's a long way from the uh, kids at McAllister, isn't it? Oh, I'll say. Yeah. Who, who uh, managed to uh, decry Thanksgiving as, a, as an example of capitalism, <laughs> to which I further respond, <laughs> why in the hell are you in a $54,000 a year school? Right. Uh-huh. Nearly 56 uh-huh. next year, yeah, as 56. we learned yesterday. Why are you going there? Why are you wasting your time? What, what, do, you, what do you hope to make of this? <laughs> Idiota. What, what do you hope to come of this? Uh, not everything is happy, though. Well, we're supposed to be thankful. I thought oh, this I was going to be save this. I'm happy save broadcast I got to save this. I got to save this. <laughs> I'm going to read this story because I haven't read it. I purposely did not read it because I want to see uh, if it's an example of reporting as it what it used to be. I'll first give you the Associated Press story. Okay. You can all take notes. All right. You can all come up with the questions. And for all I know, they'll be answered. I haven't read it. I purposely oh. did not read it. Okay. Uh, but I was intrigued by the headline. So let's let's all come up with our questions that would seem to corroborate the reporting isn't what it used to be. Dateline, Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. A 104-year-old woman has bagged a buck to become the oldest person in Wisconsin to ever harvest a deer. The Department of Natural Resources says Florence Teeters was inspired to purchase her first hunting license while sitting in a blind on her land in Price County with her son, Bill, during last year's gun deer season. She and Bill set up their blind on Saturday, opening day of the 2019 nine-day gun season. Two hours into the day, they saw a spike buck, and Florence took it down. Bill says she was excited and kept saying, I got a buck, I got a buck. 
DNR officials say a preliminary check of the records indicates Florence is the oldest person to date to purchase a gun deer license and harvest a deer. I don't have any questions about that. Mm. Now I'm wondering what questions I should have. I, I thought it was pretty clear. Why Why did she wait till she was 104 to get interested in hunting? Oh, yeah. Now let's find... That was an AP piece. That is a good question. Off a CBS website. Now let's go to a Fox News piece and see if it answers more questions. Uh, is there a Mr. Tweeters uh, or Teeters? Uh, probably not at 104. I bet he checked out. You're never too old to cross a dream off your bucket list. Get it? Buck at least. <laughs> as evidenced by a 104-year-old woman in Wisconsin who shot a deer during her first ever hunting trip. Florence Teeters recently ventured out onto her land in the city of Phillips for the inaugural hunting excursion and was thrilled to get lucky, the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources reports. The adventurous centenarian was inspired to go hunting after sitting in her son Bill Teeter's blind last year during the open season and decided she wanted to join the fun. Yes, it was her idea to get the license, and yes, that was her first license, Bill, Florence's fifth child, said. All right. I still don't know why it took... 104. Well, it sounds like it had never occurred to her until her son drug her out to the blind last year. After Mom, you got to try this. Yeah. After the centenarian received her, her certificate earlier this week, the mother and son returned to the blind on the sunny opening day of a nine-day gun deer season on the Teeters family land in Price County. This time, however, Florence was ready to get her shot and stylishly dressed for the occasion in a hunter red plaid coat. I had a nice chair for her, and it was nice and warm. A little after 4 p.m., a buck shows up about 30 yards away, Bill told WMTV. I tapped her on the knee, and I pointed. She nodded and smiled and was real quiet. Then she took the shot. Ecstatic, Florence screamed, I got a buck. I got a buck. On her very first try, the elderly woman bagged a small spike buck with unbranched antlers, her son said. I thought it was fantastic. We, uh, Wisconsin DNR Conservation Officer Joe Paul said of the news. DNR Secretary-designee Preston D. Cole echoed similar sentiments, praising Florence's exciting accomplishment as an important reminder that you should never us to ever underestimate the power of our senior citizens. Okay. I do have one question, them yeah. being in Wisconsin. Uh, her name is Florence, right? Florence Teeters. Yeah, I want to know how uh, how drunk Florence was. Because yeah. <laughs> they are in Wisconsin. And I guarantee you they were up all night did, drinking at the strip club. Did, did Florence fall out of the tree? Yeah. yeah. No. Johnny, you have this story. Do I did have, have it. Do you yeah. have anything uh, I, I don't. Different? It's pretty much uh, what uh, the, his what second story What is a spiked there. buck? It doesn't have much of a rack. Uh, oh, it, I got gotcha. you. It's just two single antlers. Got it. That stick up. I call them uh, two pointers. Gotcha. Will you, will you show me again? Because that was really cute how you did that. I really got <laughs> two pointers. According to my story, too, she appears to be somewhat of an adventurous uh, old lady. Yeah. Uh, she's gone zip lining in the last few years. Wow. And, and she goes to Mardi Gras every year. Fantastic. Oh, according wonderful. To her wonderful. So. I hope when she put the buck down, she just started blasting everything else that was moving <laughs> in these three <laughs> right. No, that's. I'm going to shoot that too. <laughs> A spike buck has unbranched antlers. There we go. Like just I like said, Kenny said. I, I know you did, but two I'm, I'm giving you Show us again, Ken. Just like that. That's cute. Hi, Rudy. Yeah. Two antlers sticking up. Well, God bless you, Florence Teeters. a girl. Florence Teeters. What a great name, too. I suppose the animal rights people will rip the hell. Oh, oh wait, oh, there's yeah. more. And the there's gun more. Wait, there's what? more. But wait. Oh, now we're getting some answers. 
After raising a family of hunters, this young lady chose the opportunity to partake in Wisconsin's long-established tradition of uh, deer hunting, Cole said. Cole is the uh, DNR designee. Uh, Preston Cole, the uh, yes. secretary designee of the Wisconsin uh, DNR. We join the rest of Wisconsinites in celebrating her outstanding accomplishment. On behalf of the DNR, we thank Mrs. Teeters for her participation in this year's annual gun deer hunt and for helping keep Wisconsin's hunting heritage alive. He said this proves that Wisconsin's gun deer hunting season is for every generation. Uh, the DNR plans to investigate whether Florence is the oldest registered hunter in the Badger State to harvest a deer. I believe that's the case, Cole said. In a larger sense, uh, Bill, the son, said his 104-year-old mother feels right at home in the great outdoors and loves to experience new things. Here you go, Johnny. She went zip lining in Milwaukee, and she goes to the Mardi Gras every yeah. year, he told WMTV. She wanted to go hunting because she wanted to experience the part of being out in the stand with the boys, Bill said. She likes the idea of being out in the woods. Well, I think we learned a lot then. Huh? Yeah, much more than the first one. I think so. She seems pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Probably could drink all of us under the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll come back with a uh, Johnny Height newscast. is in B, S is in S, isn't a reference to Bernie Sanders. Oh wait, maybe it is. Here's Joe Souchere. <laughs> Who is that? Uh, that was from... Dale just sent it in at 1236. I love that. Wow. Thanks, Dale. Nice job, Dale. Just here's, ago. here's John Height. Thanks, Joe. I did. Uh, I was doing some research because this. I wondered about this. Uh, the bomb cyclone. I love when you do research. Uh, um, it it, it ha- it's, Apparently, this has been around since 1980, and Fred Sanders, who's a famous meteorologist from MIT, was the guy that came up with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there actually is a classification for a weather bomb. It uh, means the central pressure, I don't know what this means, but I'll just give you the definition. The central pressure of a low-pressure system must drop at least 24 millibars within a 24-hour period. Oh, oh yeah. sure. That's, yeah. uh, so, right. that's understandable. That's, yeah. that's what the cal- yeah. cutter clipper comes in right. and means right. the, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a winter storm. That happens. Yeah. We get yeah. those? You get them. You ah, can get them. All right. You can get them. The uh, Twins are losing another coach. Uh, their bench coach, Derek Shelton, has been hired Wednesday to manage the Pittsburgh Pirates. Really? Yeah. Uh, Shelton takes over for Clint Hurdle, who was fired after the team finished last in the National League East. Uh, Shelton's 49 years old. He's been the Twins bench coach the, pa- uh, coach the past two seasons. He was the quality control coach for the Toronto Blue Jays in 2017. Spent seven years as a hitting coach with Tampa Bay. He was hitting coach for Cleveland from 2005 to 2009. Hey, is tonight called Blackout Friday or yeah. Blackout Wednesday? Yes. It's a, a, a terrible amounts of drunk driving tonight. I just got a message from uh, State Patrol saying they'll have extra troopers out on the roads Plus, tonight. you don't want to be hammered driving on these rutted roads no. full of ice. No, absolutely not. Stay Do all home. drinking at home. Look, hammered to me is one beer, and I can barely make it from the garage to the house. <laughs> so there's no <laughs> chance I'm getting behind the beer. The wheel. In uh, news today, the state patrol says more than 300 crashes occurred during the storm that made its way through the state Tuesday night into Wednesday. Between 9.45 Tuesday night and 7.30 Wednesday morning, 180 crashes reported to the state patrol. Nine of those involved injuries. 
Additionally, 279 vehicles spun out, uh, spun out or went off the road, and 15 incidents of jackknifed semis were also reported. Then from 7.30 to 11.30 a.m., the State Patrol reported 100... Wait a minute. 11, yeah, okay. The State Patrol reported 126 crashes. Of those nine involved injuries, none were serious or fatal. In that four-hour period, another 155 vehicles spun out or went off the road, and seven more semis jackknifed. As of 7.30 Wednesday morning, the Minnesota Department of Transportation reported a majority of roads were completely covered uh, with snow. Uh, coming in, uh, it was you'd see five miles of fine roads and then five miles of just horrible ruts. In St. Paul, I saw a few streets that were plowed. A few? Oh, yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> Which ones? The main ones. Yeah. Hold on, I have to look up some numbers here. Every time there's going to be a snow event, uh-huh. uh, my Twitter account, I pick up a bunch of extra listeners. Uh, yesterday at this time, I had uh, 18,635. Right now, I have 18,660. So well, you picked up. I picked up what? What is 25? that? 25 followers. Mm-hmm. I didn't send out one single tweet. You know who I learn a lot from? Uh, from uh, that Shay Cab. Yeah, she's talking great. about her, uh, yeah. how much time she needs on certain days yeah. and what yeah. have you. She's really informative. She is, and she uh, she always has good information. Yeah. Yep. My favorite, though, is the guy, was it last year, Kenny, that just went after you about yes. the roads being closed, and Kenny finally just said, I am a traffic reporter. I am not MnDOT. This guy was just going off on me. And so I told him I wasn't MnDOT nor affiliated with him, and that just made, made him, him even more, more mad. More angry. <laughs> Poor fella. Man. Uh, this snow uh, left, uh, it was one of our biggest snowfalls in a while in fact uh, the biggest in november in almost 10 years and also now this has made this the wettest year on record for the twin cities minneapolis st paul international airport reporting 8.3 inches of snow as of 6 a.m weather service said the snowfall pushed the 2019 precip total to 40.81 inches in the twin cities breaking the 2016 record of 40.32 inches I wonder if Shay is picking up more customers because we're always talking about her. She said that I saw her tweet I about intend that. To, I intend to call her for yeah. service when I need a she, airport She lift. sent us a tweet? No, I saw her tweet, and it was a, a response to one of the shows that I had posted oh. on Twitter. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know her, Kenny? I do, and she's a. Oh she, yeah, you had her pick up your kids. She's a. She's a good. She's a farm girl. She yeah. comes from the farm, yeah. and she moved into town and started driving a cab in the ghetto. And I mean, she she was badass. She can take care of herself, mm. and she's really turned out to be a a, a fun success well, story. Now she's an entrepreneur. Yes, she is. What's her Twitter handle? Uh, Shay Cab. Yeah. S H A Y C C H A Y E C H E Y. Yeah. Prince Charles. Yep, Phillips Charles. Close enough. Five people died after a fire inside a high-rise apartment building in Minneapolis Wednesday morning. According to the fire department, the fire occurred in the 600 block of Cedar Avenue South at about 4 a.m. In an update Wednesday morning, Minneapolis Fire Chief John Frutel said five people died in the fire, three people hospitalized, one firefighter hurt. The fire department reported finding smoke on the 14th floor, which was also where the fire was located. Four of the five people who died were found on the 14th floor and were pronounced dead at the scene. A fifth victim found in a stairway and uh, transported to a nearby hospital where that victim also died. Crews were able to extinguish the fire in about 30 minutes, according to the fire department, and worked to determine damage to the building. The cause of the fire is still under investigation. 
Jeff Horwich with the Minneapolis Housing Authority said the building does not provide family housing and is inhabited by mostly single adults. Horwich said the Red Cross is on site helping out residents and providing counseling. Horwich said the Housing Authority will continue to work with authorities to determine how the fire started and how it spread. A jury has found a St. Paul police officer guilty of a civil rights violation for kicking and severely injuring an innocent man mistaken for an armed suspect. The federal jury in St. Paul, Minnesota, convicted Officer Brett Polkowicz in the attack and the mauling of Frank Baker, an unarmed 52-year-old man. Polkowicz kicked Baker in the abdomen while a police dog was handling the man in June of 2016. Prosecutors say Polkowicz's use of force against Baker was excessive, fracturing the man's ribs and puncturing a lung. Fellow officers said afterward he bragged about beating the man and sent pictures to at least one fellow officer showing the man and his injuries. Polkowicz had been fired, but an arbitrator ruled in 2017 he should be reinstated. He's been on paid administrative leave since. The city previously settled a lawsuit with Baker for $2 million. Why can't we fire him? The arbitrator... Because the public him, class has built up walls and yeah. walls and walls of protection that the rest of us don't face. I'm, I love cops, but not if you're beating up innocent yeah. people, no. the chief, unarmed people. The chief did fire him, but uh, then the arbitrator said, nope, can't do that. Did you see the here. story Julie tweeted earlier uh, today? Oklahoma officer indicted for murder in killing of an active shooter. I did not see a that. A woman was going crazy with a gun. She had shot at her parents, her uh, family members, etc. Was driving around shooting. This uh, Oklahoma police lieutenant took her out, took care of the problem, and now he's been indicted for murder. How really? Can that that be? seems unreasonable. Yeah. We need more in the story. Yes. Uh, I'll uh, forward, you can look that up. I'll forward it to you. I don't have a computer. <laughs> Me to pass the buck, Suge. Right, I go. respect hey, that. Well, I at, at this spot that I'm in currently, I don't have a computer. That's a great line. I'm going to use that. I know. But I, I have to hand you my computer, computer first. President Trump tried to distance himself from personal lawyer Rudy Giuliani's efforts related to Ukraine on Tuesday in an interview with radio host Bill O'Reilly. In the interview for BillOReilly.com, O'Reilly asked the president what Giuliani was doing in Ukraine on your behalf. Uh, Mr. Trump said, well, you have to ask that of Rudy. But Rudy, I don't know. I don't even know. I know he was going to go to Ukraine. I think he canceled the trip. We're days away from Trump denying he's ever met Giuliani. (laughs) Right. Rudy who? (laughs) From the movie? Rudy? Uh, The president continued, but you know, Rudy has other clients other than me. I'm one person. The president then denied he had ever directed (laughs) Giuliani to go to Ukraine on his behalf. However, in May, the New York Times reported that Giuliani had planned to go to Ukraine that month to urge the government there to open several investigations that could help the president. Giuliani told the Times there's nothing illegal about it. Somebody could say it's improper and this isn't foreign policy. He said that information will be very, very helpful to my client. And he made clear when speaking with the Times the identity of that client was the president of the United States. Joe, I know you were joking. I could absolutely see that happening. Well, I wouldn't surprise you. <laughs> Never heard of the guy. Never <laughs> seen him before in my life. Know. Never met him. I don't know who that is. He was a mayor where? <laughs> President Vladimir Putin of Russia Wednesday opened what's been billed as Russia's first modern motorway, almost cutting in half the driving time between the two biggest cities of Moscow and St. Petersburg. It's the Neva Toll Road, uh, road running uh, 416 miles and named after St. Petersburg Main River. It's Russia's first long-distance toll road. It has no traffic lights and a higher maximum speed, which translates to 81 miles an hour. 
Uh, Putin said, we've never had anything like this in our country's history, in the history of road construction, and now we do. National media in Russia reported the five-and-a-half-hour to six-hour drive will beat most commuter trains for the first time. Putin said, I used to take the old road, the M10, and it was a 10-hour drive, and that was in a best-case scenario. Now you can drive it in six hours, he said. Why didn't the Greta crowd complain about this, I wonder? Yeah. Didn't get enough press coverage. Uh, the project, They're too terrified of Putin, that's right. why. The project suffered years of controversy as environmentalists protested against the route through the Kimki Forest near Moscow. Uh, when, when you protest in Moscow, what happens? I think you go to jail. Well, Mikhail Beketov, editor of the Kimki newspaper who campaigned against the construction, was brutally beaten and killed in 2013. Ah, okay. One of the most prominent activists opposing the motorway, Yagniva Chirokova, had to flee the country. High-speed trains between the cities are still quicker at about four hours, but are relatively expensive. A school bus driver from <coughs> Illinois faces child endangerment charges after police say she was drinking a beer while picking up more than 30 elementary school students. Is that wrong? That's, that's <laughs> wrong. Who could blame her? Yeah. yeah, with all those kids. Police say 44-year-old Michelle Pasley, a school bus driver, uh, bought two cans of beer in the morning of November 15th from a Speedway gas station in Aurora, <laughs> Illinois. Video from the bus appears to show Pasley drinking the beer from a brown paper bag while driving as many as 32 elementary school children. <laughs> Officers credited the alert gas station clerk for contacting East Aurora School District 131 after selling beer to the driver and alleging, allegedly watching her drive off in the bus. What? <laughs> okay. why, why sell it to her in the first place? Oh, wow. Was that English? <laughs> oh, that never gets old. No, it does not. It doesn't. Is that the one where uh, they say, no, that's your age? or No, he and asked for her phone uh, number. Yeah. Here we go, yeah. And you have a phone number. 52366. That's your that's your date of birth. Shuffle doom ball. No, that's your date of birth. That's your address. She was wasted. <laughs> really? And she wasn't even doing anything wrong. She was walking down a snowy street yes. in Cleveland or Chicago, I forget where, and the cops just were checking on her welfare. So it wasn't uh, aggressive. They I'm were good, just, but she just I'm good. Because oh. she blew him a kiss. She gave him the... And then said... <laughs> wow. Was that English? <laughs> wow. I think she was a fun lady to hang out with. I sure hope they gave her a ride. I think yeah. Live Thanksgiving yeah. Eve from right, Cleveland. Right. <laughs> right. Talk do bow. I know students were injured in this case with the bus. Uh, parents and investigators, of course, are appalled. Uh, Chief of Police Kristen Zinman said it's infuriating to think someone who's trusted with these kids on a daily basis would potentially put them in that kind of danger. I found that story about the Oklahoma officer indicted. It's from policemag.com. I'll give it to Johnny and uh, if he does a, a second segment, he can read it for us. Okay. In New Jersey, authorities say two women brawled in a Monmouth County supermarket after one accused the other of having too many items in the express checkout oh, lane. Sure. 13 and it's supposed to be 12 accounted. The fight at the shop right in Howell broke out shortly before noon last Thursday. Authorities say a 43-year-old woman from Brick, New Jersey, was challenged by a 45-year-old Howell woman over the number of items she had. The verbal dispute soon, soon turned physical, with both women allegedly throwing punches and biting each other. Uh, some chick fights are really violent. 
Witness say the brick woman fun also. Fun to watch. Some hair pulling, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Fun to watch. <laughs> Can't believe he said that. Potential well. kiss. You're always hoping for the potential kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe they'll settle out of court. Witness has said the brick woman also uh. scratched and bit the leg of a 43-year-old woman who tried to intervene. All three women were treated for minor injuries. All, all the dudes stand back and record right. it. Yeah, right. Hit the we, phone. We going, hey, stop it. No, no. Let them go. They're just getting warmed up. Let them work it out. <laughs> the two women involved in the fight were both charged with disorderly conduct. I just got a very dispiriting note from Stuart Naden. Uh-huh. He says, I got 500 wheat pennies today from an online auction. They are all in great condition, and some even are shiny. Total was $12.02. Good luck, Stu. <laughs> I guess mine aren't worth much, are they? I, uh, I don't think so. Doesn't stop me from saving them. And uh, uh, Stacy, the GL geologist, reports a 6.0 from Crete, Greece. Ooh, what do you suppose uh, when the family's rifling through what they call your crap... After you've uh, uh, left this veil of tears, what, what do you suppose they're going to do with those pennies? They're going to throw them away or spend them. I, I was going to say, I bet they don't even make their way to the bank or credit union. Probably just bury them with, you know, he loved his wheat pennies, and they just, <laughs> just dump it right into the <laughs> casket there. Here you go, Such. Right on his dead hand. I got everything labeled right. for. Here's wheat your com- pennies, and then I got valuable coins. Here's your common 1958 surface. 1958 nickel. <laughs> the Netherlands. Top supermarket chain said Tuesday it has ditched plans to ask staff to upload pictures of themselves in their underwear to work out sizes for new uniforms. What? I think that was a hmm. scam. Oh, I'd be first in line. You got um, it, toots. The Albert Engine. <laughs> Do you retailer. want to see Mr. Melancholy, too? <laughs> the Albert <laughs> Engine retailer had asked workers at one of its stores in the eastern city of Nijmegen to send the pictures using an innovative mobile app. But it changed course after the Dutch newspaper NRC quoted stunned employees as complaining about the plan. 17-year-old Joachim de Hayes said, I saw a poster hanging in our canteen, and I was shocked. My mother thought it was a joke, but the manager told us that if we don't do it, we can't be in the store anymore because we don't have the right corporate clothing. (laughs) Albert Hengen insisted the plan was voluntary and was aimed at helping bring in new uniforms for staff at its 1,000 Dutch stores. And Hengen said in a statement, We conducted a test with an innovative mobile app at one of our supermarkets in order to determine clothing sizes in a quick and efficient way. In this test, we asked associates to upload a personal photo in close-fitted clothing or underwear for automatic analysis by the app. Although participation was voluntary and pictures were not visible to management, this should never have happened. We've canceled it, and we apologize to all involved. John, thank you. Yes. When we come back, I have some forgotten Appalachian memories of Thanksgiving written by Grandma. Coffee beans under par, Joe Souchere. What's that mean, under par? Get well, it? You grinded your coffee beans. Remember under the par. first first time you tried to crush beans? Yeah, with your golf with club. Your golf, with golf club. club. Yeah, under par. See, Joe, on the first day of Christmas, my <laughs> true love gave to me. Oh, Joe, a partridge in a pear tree. Beer. 
whatever <laughs> what every solid God-fearing GLer needs is the beer advent calendar. You count down every day in December up to the 25th, which, by the way, does, December starts, what, next week, right? Yep. Sunday? Sunday? I think Sunday. Uh, Sunday, Sunday uh, uh, Kenneth. Yeah, you better get over there right now. You count down every day in December right up to the 25th with one unique beer that will be enjoyed on the actual date. Uh, with a short description, if that's too much dedication for you, Consider, if you will, the 12 days of Christmas calendar. Either way, you're going to enjoy seasonal limited releases and even some cellared beers that are on both calendars. Uh, You'll find all the details at thecoffeegrounds.com. But if you're like me, coffee, way, way, way more important than beer. Be sure to check out the vast variety of beans available at thecoffeegrounds.com, even our own signature GL blends. Go to thecoffeegrounds.com. You'll find all the information on the beer advent calendar, and you'll be able to order up some beans there. And just by chance, if you find yourself on the freeway this weekend, passing through the land of cheese, uh, and especially if you're on or near 94 going through Eau Claire, be sure to exit 94, head north a couple of blocks to Southtown Drive. You'll get the full-on experience. Coffee, beer, liquor, biscuits and gravy, breakfast, lunch, and just for Johnny and I, supper. <laughs> and be sure to say hi to Eric and Julie for us. And you can thank us later. But anyway, the uh, website, thecoffeegrounds.com. The Girl Scouts, before I get to Grandma and Grandma's, admonitions about Thanksgiving, because Grandma wouldn't like this. I learned today the Girl Scouts of the United States of America organization has issued a a warning to parents to uh, don't ask your daughters to hug relatives. You could be sending the wrong message about consensual physical affection. On Tuesday, the club sent out a tweet saying forced affection equals not okay with a reminder. She doesn't owe anyone a hug, not even at the holidays. The message included a link to an article on the Girl Scout website explaining further that such a request can be damaging. Have you ever insisted, Uncle just got here, go give him a big hug, or Auntie gave you that nice toy, go give her a kiss, when you were worried that your child might not offer affection on her own, the article asked? If yes, you might want to reconsider. The article went on to quote Girl Scouts developmental psychologist Dr. Andrea Bastiani Archibald, who explained the notion of consent may seem very grown up and like something that doesn't pertain to children. But lessons girls learn when you're young about setting physical boundaries and expecting them to be respected last a lifetime and can influence how she feels about herself and her body as she gets older. Plus, Dr. Dr. Archibald said, sadly, we know that some adults prey on children and teaching your daughter about consent early on can help her understand her rights, know when lines are being crossed, and when to go to you for help. So, uh, kids, I guess you're not supposed Boy, to uh, that, hug anybody. That doctor would hate my grandma who demanded hugs from everybody. Give me a love, she'd say. And it didn't matter if you were 55 or 5, my grandma, the most loving woman in the world, demanded hugs. Uh, you might want to forget Uncle Frank once in a while. but <laughs> Especially when he's drooling on himself at the end of the couch. Frank was what we called handsy. Right. Handsy. <laughs> Uncle Silly. <laughs> uh, uh, Bill Stein alerts me to Grandma's record uh, letter. Dear family. Living is still important to me. If being in my last will and testament is important to you, then you might consider being with me for my favorite holiday. Dinner is at 2, not 2.15, not 2.05, 2. Arrive late, you get what's left over. 
Last year, that moron Marshall fried a turkey in one of those contraptions and practically burned the deck off the house. This year, the only peanut oil used to make the meal will be from secret scoop of peanut butter I add to the carrot soup. Jonathan, your last new wife was an idiot. You don't arrive at someone's house on Thanksgiving needing to use the oven and the stove. Honest to God, I thought you might have learned after two wives. Date them longer and save us all the agony of another divorce. (laughs) Now the house rules are slightly different this year because I have decided that 47% of you don't know how to take care of nice things. Paper plates and red Solo cups might be bad for the environment, but it'll be gone soon, but I'll be gone soon, and that will be your problem to deal with. House rules. Number one, the University of Texas no longer plays Texas A&M. The television stays off during the meal. Number two, the no cans for kids rule still exists. We are using two-liter bottles because your children will open a third can before finishing the first two. (laughs) Parents can fill a child's cup when it's empty. All of the cups have names on them, and I'll be paying close attention to refills. Chloe, last year we were at Trudy's house and I looked the other way when your Jello salad showed up. This year, if Jello salad comes in the front door, it will go right back out the back door with the garbage. Save yourself some time, honey. You've never been a good cook and you shouldn't bring something that wiggles more than you. Buy something from the bakery. Number four, grandmothers give grandchildren cookies and candy. That is a fact of life. Your children can eat healthy at your house. At my house, they can eat whatever they like as long as they finish it. Number five, I cook with bacon and bacon grease. That's nothing new. Your being a vegetarian doesn't change the fact that stuffing without bacon is like egg salad without eggs. Mm-hmm. Even the green bean casserole has a little bacon grease in it. That's why it tastes so good. Not eating bacon is not natural. As far as being healthy, look at me. I've outlived most everyone I know. Number six, salad at Thanksgiving is a waste of space. Seven, I do not like cell phones. Leave them in the car. Eight, I do not like video cameras. There will be 32 people here. I am sure you can capture lots of memories without the camera pointed at me. Number nine, being a mother means you have to actually pay attention to the kids. I have nice things, and I don't put them away just because company is coming over. Mary, watch your kids, and I'll watch my things. Rhonda, a cat that requires a shot twice a day is a cat that has lived too long. (laughs) I think staying home to care for the cat is your way of letting me know that I have lived too many lives, too. I can live with that. Can you? Eleven, words mean things. I say what I mean. Let me repeat. You don't need to bring anything means you don't need to bring anything. And if I did tell you to bring something, bring it in the quantity I said. Really, this doesn't have to be that difficult. Number 12, dominoes and cards are better than anything that requires a battery or an on-off switch. That was true when you were kids, and it's true now that you have kids. 13, showing up for Christmas, I'm sorry, showing up for Thanksgiving guarantees presents at Christmas. Not showing up guarantees a card that may or may not be signed. Love you, Grandma. Jeez, Granny. No holds barred. You think Grandma would go with that Girl Scout rule? Oh, (laughs) yeah. Thanksgiving etiquette, five little-known dinner rules that you probably don't follow. Mm. Pass the salt and pepper together, always. Even if someone requests just the salt, you should pass the salt and the pepper, according to What's Cooking America. B.S. If I ask for the salt... What do you want? That's all I ask for, is the salt. I don't want the pepper. If I wanted the pepper, I'd say pass the salt and pepper. How about the nutmeg? No. Yeah, ever, I might add that you're having too much salt. Does your family break out the decorative <laughs> tiny little salt and pepper yes. shakers, no. yeah. the tiny little ones? Those little gargoyle figures? <laughs> Just yeah, tiny little things. The meal begins only when the host or hostess unfolds and places their napkin on their lap. 
Uh, nah, you dig in as soon Go as you for see it. it. No, as soon, soon as you see it, right, as soon as you see it, you it's nod. Cold. It's the hostess cold. is always running back and forth. You'll never get right, to right. eat. Cut only one piece of food at a time. Oh, the hell with that. Stuff as much as you can. That's plate management. Yeah. Yes. you got to have plate management. Yes. Uh, Kenny's knife will get a workout. It. Don't switch the place cards. You might not love where you've been assigned to sit, but just deal with it. Remember that you're a guest in someone's home and your host or hostess has put a lot of work into the evening. Who does don't that? Don't disregard the place setting cards. I don't know. I've never done a place Well, setting. there's a certain sister-in-law none of us want to sit next to. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you draw from a bowl to see who has to sit with her? I'll go sit in the bathroom if I have to. <laughs> Respect that the host trusts you in their home. In other words, don't steal the silverware. No, yeah. don't load up your sport coat I, with the knives right. and spoons. <laughs> it might be very tempting to see what's behind that closed door. Take a peek in that antique desk drawer or go snooping through the cabinets and closets. But this is somewhat, obviously, very disrespectful. And if you happen to break something, don't hide it. Go get a broom and sweep it up. Uh, there's probably some other rules that we're not entirely aware of. Don't smoke. Don't have a cigarette going during the meal. During the meal, yeah. you wait till after. My uncle Jimmy did that. He had a, he'd have a big heater going, and the smoke was clouding the oh, room. And he'd, no. he'd wolf some food down, and take a drag of the heater, put the heater in the holder, and but just ruin get some the taste. more food. And then what? Just one more. Well, then then uh, then it, uh, he and my other uncle Paul would would manage to have a nap during the cleanup process. It would always it would always uh-huh. be timed with. Any type of cleanup, the nap would be. And then they would awaken and say, I think there might be time for one more ice-cold beer. And they'd have that with pie. And you're right. Wake up with the, when the pie is being served and then say, is there one more beer? What about, are there any uh, pull-my-finger shenanigans at the dinner table? <laughs> Can we pass gas while we're uh, eating turkey? And you don't pass the turkey with your hands. You don't pick up a hunk and sit no. down the table <laughs> like a plate. Frisbee. Maybe the plates. You pass the whole plate. <laughs> and practice your heaping management. Got to practice heaping management, which is also known as plate management. And I agree with grandmother. This, why mess with a salad? Salad is it's just taking up, space, yeah. taking up space. Taking up space. Taking up space. Yes. And that wiggly jello, I'm with grandma there. Forget it. I don't want that. I don't want to eat what that. What about the saying of grace? Is that ever, uh, has anybody ever said to you, uh, Uncle Joe, it's your turn this year. Yeah. Say grace. Sure. Sure. I always refuse. Yeah. Brevity? Brevity? No, I say the grace. You do? Sure. If well, not I'm just asked. the bless us, the Lord. I mean, you give some words like, hey. We always, growing up, I always there, thought it was, uh, bless us, the Lord, for this food that we are bound to receive. <laughs> I always thought it was kind of an entitlement, that we were, we're bound, bound to get this bound food. We were bound to get I think the word is about, about to, to yeah, receive. I, yeah. I thought it was abound. Don't about. you guys go around and, and tell why you're thankful? Oh, uh, yeah. They sure. Sure. When you come to my house, you are given a piece of construction paper in the form of a feather, and you write down what you are thankful oh, for, my God. and then I it would, is laminated and sent to you the next year. I would year. turn on heel and leave immediately. <laughs> I have, and my answer is always the same every year, because they, they trot that nonsense out at my family, too, and I, I always say... I'm thankful to be here with my family. Wow, that's touching. touching. One year, years ago, I had an uncle that'll go nameless that might or may not listen to this podcast daily that in the middle of saying grace went... (laughs) 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 What about during the giving hugs to the little girls? He had been cooking the turkey early that day. What about while you're saying grace? Does anybody's tradition involve holding hands while you say grace? No, I draw the line at that. You grab the wife's hand, give her a little uh, squeeze. Aren't aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky, dear? Isn't this great, dear? Right over here. Give me a little hand. How about the sneezy kid? Uncle Joe, hold my hand. He goes like this. 
Like we'll get a Kleenex, you little brat. <laughs> he gives him this Teresa Hines saying, no, we're not shaking it. Say so you're looking for a little post-Thanksgiving errands, tasks, however delightful they might be. Yeah. Swing by EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake, right on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. $100 off all electric bikes right now. And that's on top of the year-end prices that are currently underway. So now's definitely the time to buy. Free ATV helmets with all gas youth ATVs. $100 off all in-stock scooters. And that's on top of the year-end sale prices. $50 off all kids' electric balanced dirt bikes. They've never done that before. This is, uh, and also, you know, you look outside. The snow is here. Yeah. Full line of Yamaha snowmobiles, side-by-sides, and ATVs. Four Great strokes, service. Baby. Oh, yeah, they're wonderful products. I saw one guy on a fat tire bike on the way in this morning. You need fat tire today. I love bicycle riders in the winter because they are true pioneers. Mm-hmm. I love that. No they, fear? Yeah, they just get out and go. Weather yeah. doesn't make any difference at all. I I love that. Well, then it would be a great time to take a test drive on a fat-tired electric assist bike oh, at EcoFun so cool. Motorsports. Because so fat cool. tires would get you through the winter, wouldn't yeah. they? That's EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. It's right on Highway 61. Tim Bloom is the man. He'll take care of you. Great service department. They send a truck through town. They'll pick up your uh, scooter or bike if you need service. Uh, take it back, fix it, bring it back to you. It's a really great operation. EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Here's a man that is a cooking ignoramus. He's the one. He's the only. He's Joe Souchere. Thank you, sir. Nice. A cooking ignoramus? Who is that? Turn your mic on, Christopher. That is from... Actually, Joe sent that one to me. That is from... Joe. No. I don't have a name on your suit. Uh, I'd be the first white one. Well, while you're looking, Chris, let me tell the good uh, garage logicians listening to the podcast where they can get a great apparel item for either themselves or for a gift. It's a great time to be a Minnesota sports fan. Come celebrate with the Minnesotan. The crew at the Minnesotan is kicking off the holiday weekend by offering you a free $20 gift card with any $40 purchase or more online at theminnesotan.com now through Thanksgiving Day. Celebrate the Minnesotan by giving gifts that celebrate and truly represent the Minnesotan through unique designs and apparel. Stuff like Vintage North St. Paul, St. Croix River, North Oaks, Columbia Arena, Highland Park, North Stars, Kellogg, Chargers. Lake Calhoun. Yes, and so much more. Joe, you've been in the store in White Bear Lake. It's a really neat, cozy store, downtown White Bear Lake. Gear up for the big gopher football tilt with their new exclusive gopher football design, Return to Glory, celebrating the glory days of the 60s, along with Row the Fleckin' Boat and their one-of-a-kind oh, oh, oh. cold-weather vintage satin jacket Perfect for the game on Saturday. Browse their whole lineup at theminnesotan.com or check out their flagship store in historic White Bear Lake. Seven days a week. Your people will love it. It's theminnesotan.com. Here's John Height. Before we go to John, I wanted to ask you your opinion, Such. It's a news item. It's about somebody in South Minneapolis that has been going to the uh, Star Tribune newspaper boxes, Mm -hmm. pulling out the display newspaper Mm -hmm. and putting in a really, really old copy of uh, either the Star or the Tribune or whatever. I I, I just, we haven't talked about it on the air, and I just wanted to hear what you had to say about it. I, I love it. I think it's charming. 
Uh, these are papers from before it became to me the enemy paper, because I was working there during these issues that are being put in the newsstands. Uh, Mary Devine tweeted this out. Right. And I love it. I think it's fun. Uh, do you I, believe it? What do you mean? Well, of course I believe it. It's somebody that probably discovered they got 500 newspapers in their attic fun, and they're yeah, walking yeah. to the news box and getting rid of them. The reason I might not believe it is because the drivers have been reportedly removing the papers, taking them back to the office with them. So nobody actually gets to see these newspapers. That part I, I'm unaware of. When I saw that, I thought, huh. is this some sort of really clever publicity ploy, or am I just bitter and cynical? Wait, Kenny, what do you mean by that? Who's t They're taking the old newspaper out of when, there? When they put the new one. The driver there. shows up in the morning yep. to stock the box. Yep. They pull that newspaper out. They see it's from 1974. They toss it in the truck. They put in today's edition. Okay. So no, none of us actually get to enjoy that newspaper. I see. And I sent out a tweet uh, when Mary did this uh, story, I think last week, I, I sent out a tweet, tell the drivers to leave the paper in the mailbox. And God, it got a lot <laughs> yeah. of response. If the drivers are in fact removing these uh, old editions, then it's not a publicity stunt. They're, they're, if they are, they're screwing it up. Leave the old one in there. Yeah. I think it's neat. Because I yeah. bet one of the best uh, papers they sold these last couple of weeks was the or or the peach section that they did for the Gopher game. Because yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people that wanted a copy of that. Boy, yeah. you want to get me out of your hair, get me to shut the hell up, hand me a newspaper from 1969. Yeah, right. I'll read <laughs> cover I'll to cover. Be, I'll be gone for hours. <laughs> you know what the best part would be? The classifieds. Oh, it'd be so fun. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Anyway. I, I, I've told you guys the story before. My brother was a reporter. Mm -hmm. And he would take me with him when I was 10, 11 years old, and he'd give me the big bound volumes of the, it was the Bismarck Tribune, the old papers. I would sit there for three hours while he worked, just going through. We're it. such it was, nerds, oh, aren't we? Just, oh, yeah. it's what I love it. Yeah, it I love it. It was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, before I get to news, uh, let and me... Then, and, uh, but one more thought on yeah. that. And that's when newspapers ruled the roost. Yeah. And yep. so they didn't give a damn about layout. You'd have a cooking story next to a murder in Africa. I mm -hmm. mean, there was no rhyme or reason. They just filled the paper with stuff. Yeah. Eh, give me an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, do you ever read a newspaper? Just, can you, are you close that's, enough to you punch him, Kenny? That, that's just like my kid. I could hand him a first edition from 1775. He'd look it up on his phone and read it yeah. on his phone. <laughs> I get that at my, I'll be reading the at the table, I'll be reading the newspaper. My kid will walk up and hold up the phone and go, everything you're reading is in here and it's probably updated. I'm like, all right, get out of here, kid. Uh, before I do news, let me do a self-serving plug about the podcast. Oh, uh, The Fret Club, the uh, new edition, number two, is out. Steve Van Zandt mm -hmm. uh, came out this morning, uh, getting a lot of great reaction. Really appreciate it. Please listen. Go to www.podcast1.com. Uh, put it in the Fret Club, and it'll be right there for you to listen to. So uh, Steve Van Zandt this week on Have you the been Fret Club. getting any feedback via Twitter or emails about I, this? I haven't, but if you'd like to, feel free, uh, Jay Height. Uh, let me see at hbi.com at, at yeah, garagelogic.com. Yep. Yeah, it just send me a note. Let me know. And what doesn't you're the Fret Club have a Twitter address? Twitter address is uh, Club Fret at Club Fret is the okay. F R E T F R E T. Yes, Club Fret. Uh, also a Facebook page. So let me know what you're thinking. I would, I'd love to know the new do ones you, out. Do you foresee this being successful and you exhausting your supply of tapes and then maybe starting to do this? live or live on tape? I would hope at some point, perhaps, uh, if the occasion arises, I could do one live in a month if I want to. If, you know, and not having nothing to do. These are tapes from my magazine writing for Vintage Guitar, but if I can do a live one, 
great. That'd be well, awesome. I could have somebody come in here and That'd be chat really cool. with them for 40 minutes or whatever. So <coughs> anyway. There's uh, also- and then there's one more question, and it's a sensitive question and may, might be sensitive. best uh, asked off the air, but Such and I both really, really, really want to be a part of this show. You don't have to pay us. We, we, we just want to we just want to talk music. <laughs> That'd be a different podcast. No, I, 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 I think, want to be paid. I, <laughs> I think he just shut us down in his own very polite manner. Yeah, I, I think we just got shut down. There's also some really boring episodes of Table Talk that'll bring you down and depress you. So why even why even listen to that stupid thing? Table Talk with Rookie's family. So. And Rook, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, well, we're recording a brand new beer show last night. Wow. Uh, Lake Monster Brewing yeah. Company was the guest. I even, I even left samples for the fellas today. Thanks, Chris. That's uh, I'm the only one here that knows his place. Johnny's got a podcast out for 10 minutes inside <laughs> kicking the hell out of Table yeah, Talk. But it's pretty informative. You know? <laughs> we, we, we get to some issues, and, uh, too, with Table Talk. Sorry, sorry Rook. And, uh, you know, I listened to the last episode. Eh? It, it gets better. <laughs> How c- Rook, Rook, Rook. How could it if it was the last one? Well, uh, we're uh, we're actually going from worse to get getting better. It's backwards. Up kinda tough. A uh, sports note to kick off the news. A familiar oh. face with the Minnesota Twins will be gone this year. Kyle Gibson, who's pitched for the Twins the past seven years, has reached a contract agreement with the Texas Rangers. The 32-year-old Gibson will get... $30 million over three seasons with the Rangers, according to a major league source. He will still have to pass a physical exam before the team will announce the signing. He was 13-7 and seven last year with the Twins, but uh, had all kinds of problems, a lot of it related to injury and illness. So my question to you, does he have anything left? I think he does, yeah. I think he'll, he's a serviceable pitcher, but he'd be a third or fourth starter. Okay. Or, or Who's this, Jan? Kyle Gibson. Oh, Kyle, yeah. Yeah, he's I'm gone. sorry, who did he sign with? No, no, Te- no, no. I was helping rookie. Discussion's over. Okay. Go Te- ahead, Judd. Texas. Gotcha. Rangers. Three I, I, I years, asked you that when I knew he was busy. I know. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> Uh, news, costs for President Donald Trump's campaign rally in Minneapolis last month came in slightly higher than expected. And Mayor Jacob Fry says the city will continue to seek reimbursement. After weeks of calculating the cost of police overtime, public works crews, and road barriers, the city determined it spent $542,733, about twelve grand more than the original $530,000 cost estimate for the president's rally at the Target Center. The event drew national attention after Fry and Trump sparred over who should cover the costs, which drew large protests around the downtown arena. What are you telling me? We have a phone call. How could that be? Phone call? Hello? Yeah, yeah, I just had a question about the guitar show. Yes. (laughs) What's your name? Uh, I'm Rick. Does he take calls? Do you take calls, Gianna? No, we we don't take calls. I'm sorry. Is it like repair? Do you... No it's repair. No. no, it's 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 it's, it's interviews interview with musicians. Show. Yeah, interview show. Uh, so it's not like an auction, or it's just no, you no. Just kind of talk. You just it's boring. You talk to people, huh? Rick, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we do. Wait, wait, what, what, Rick? What, what podcast I, do you typically uh, download? Maybe Sunday night, Monday morning. I usually morning. listen. I usually listen to Table Talk because there's a lot of people there and they interact a lot and they really hit the um, they hit the issues really hard. They're really if you want to if you want to know what's going on in the world, uh-huh. it's hard hitting issues. I think oh, I recognize this voice. Yeah, I think I do too. I'm not sure. And that, uh, so just Google Table Talk with I think it's Rookie's family. I'm not sure, but uh, okay, it's you pretty informative, John. You got your work cut out. For yeah, you. thanks, Ro- uh, okay. Rick. I'm sorry. Rick. Thanks, Rick. Rick. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Thanks, Rick. I gotta go. 
Anyway. <laughs> In other news. What the hell was that? <laughs> anyway. A home health nurse who repeatedly stole painkillers from a sick and elderly patient was sentenced to 18 months in prison Tuesday, an unusually long term. Prosecutors sought that because of the victim's vulnerability. Uh, 26-year-old La Vang of Newport had pleaded guilty in federal court to obtaining controlled substances by fraud. That's a felony after he was accused of stealing potent pain meds from the home of an 85-year-old woman recovering from multiple surgeries. Vang covered up the thefts for five months by covertly replacing the stolen pills with over-the-counter medications, which caused the woman to suffer extreme pain and become lethargic and incoherent, according to prosecutors. Suspicions arose when multiple blood and urine samples failed to show evidence of opiates in the woman's system. You have that story about the uh, police uh, guy in Oklahoma? I do, yes. Let me get to it here. An Oklahoma police lieutenant has been indicted for second-degree murder in the May 20th killing of a woman during a vehicle pursuit. Supporters of Blackwell, Oklahoma, Police Lieutenant John Mitchell say the suspect was an active shooter. The media describes her as a road rage suspect. Oklahoma City grand jurors concluded Lieutenant Mitchell acted without justifiable or excusable cause. What the hell? And engaged in imminently dangerous conduct toward Michelle and Godsey. If convicted, he faces at least 10 years in prison. Defense attorney Gary James said the officer acted lawfully to stop a threat. The attorney saying she shot at the police twice. She shot at her mother twice. She just shot at a private citizen. We know she fired other rounds around town. And Mitchell got in behind her, took his AR-15, and started shooting through the front windshield at her. The 34-year-old Godsey was found dead in the driver's seat of the pickup. The attorney said Mitchell had just completed training on how to deal with an active shooter and was cleared by an independent internal uh, independent excuse me internal affairs review of the incident. A KTUL reports some Blackwell residents are shocked by the indictment. For the law enforcement community, the indictment has sent a chilling shockwave of concern summed up by the State President of the Fraternal Order of Police, Jason Smith, said this would be the first time in American history a police officer or anybody had been charged with a crime of murder for shooting at an active What the shooter. hell was he supposed to do? It's unbelievable, it isn't it? no sense. He's protecting yeah. and serving, doing what he's, he's hired yeah. for, what he's put on earth for. And I went and I found several uh, versions of the story, and they're all the same. All the reporting, whatever, you know. That's unbelievable. So, yeah, I don't understand. I, I, would, I would think the town would have a parade for the guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. This country's off the rails. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did you see this Fred Rogers story? <laughs> no. Uh, beloved kids television host Fred Rogers, Uh-oh. of course, known as Mr. Rogers. Oh, Truth finally ruin, coming out. Don't ruin this for no, me. No, no, this is, this is fun. Out. You'll like this. This is fun. Oh. Had a playful way of amusing his longtime wife. Uh oh. Well, well. (laughs) Remote control. uh, (laughs) Edible underpants. (laughs) He would uh, no. He would pass gas in front of her. Ninety-one-year-old Joanne Rogers revealed. Ninety-one-year-old Joanne Rogers revealed the intimate relationship quirk in a lengthy L.A. Times profile that was published on Tuesday. The widow told the paper. If the couple attended an event that turned out to be dull, Fred would turn things around by passing gas. Hey, pull my finger. Could on. he recite poetry and things like that? <laughs> she said he would just raise one cheek and he'd look at me and smile. This <laughs> is ruining everything for me. Yeah, well, really? I, I, I kind of like it. Is that in a movie, I wonder? He called it a rainy night in Brooklyn. <laughs> Mrs. No, we're not going to play it. No, but... 
Mrs. Rogers uh, helped consult on the newly released biopic about Fred, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. At a screening last week in which Tom Hanks portrays Mr. Rogers, Joanne told Page Six that Fred would have loved the film. She said, I think he would have really loved it. Don't you? I'll never hear this the same, though. Have you by any chance lost your kitty? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, I know you like trees. Tree story. I got we don't have any examples you. of Fred passing gas on. Huh? Well, no, not, not one. No, no, no. There's none. just nothing in existence. None. 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 We can't even speculate nope. what nope. it sounded like. Nope. My oh my. You ever have... watch people using real heavy equipment? <laughs> oh, the hell with you, fruitcakes. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear one example Joe of Fred. Gives in. Hey, well, this doesn't work anyway. Hey, uh, Cookie Monster, pull sure. my finger. I'm not in any hurry. Why doesn't this work, I wonder? I don't know. I don't know either. That's good, though. Move on, Jeff. Matthew. We don't need to hear a rainy night in Brooklyn. No. Oh, wait. No. I gotta... Now try it. There, there we go. go. There's Fred. There we go. <laughs> and Mr. McFeely? That's long. Is, is that... Not done yet. Is that rainy wow. night? Is that rainy night in Brooklyn? No, no that no. one's unnamed. That's called Fred Rod. I think that's it's like, called the drone. That's the unknown. <laughs> Hey, a tree story for you, Joe. Hold on, Johnny. Joe, seriously, very quick. I serious. Don't try, be serious to me. Try to serious. see that. Try to see if your screen works now. Fire away with anything you want. Yeah, what, what is he going to pick? What oh, do you choose? What do we got here? Uh, now it's working. Okay, good. And do? now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree. I know what he's looking for. Oh, so, what's uh, the tree story? Every New Jersey. I had no idea I was going to be this good today. Yeah. <laughs> Every New Jersey municipality will get seedlings from a nearly 600-year-old oak tree that died unexpectedly in June, an effort by the state environmental officials to ensure the oak's legacy. Don't they mean acorns? Didn't we just have uh, George Washington's oak went down? You you did, yeah. And this is 600 years old? 600 years old. Catherine McCabe's commissioner of the state's Department of Environmental Protection, she said in a video that aired during a mayor's luncheon, 50 years from now, people will know that our shared commitment to protecting and respecting our environment ran as deep as the roots of the mighty Salem Oak. The Salem Oak stood in a small Quaker burial ground on West Broadway in Salem, New Jersey, for more than 500 years before suddenly crashing to the ground on June 6th this year. The white oak was among the state's largest, standing more than 100 feet tall with a trunk circumference of almost 22 feet. So these are trees that have already been started, if they're seedlings. Severe, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so you're handed a a little oak tree that's three inches tall. And you plant it. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Perfect. Severe rot was the official cause of death of the tree, according to the DEP, which noted uh, the tree's age exceeded the lifespan of most white oaks normally, uh, they live two to three hundred years. The Salem oak was one of New Jersey's best known and most celebrated trees, according to the department. It was the lone surviving tree from the original forest that covered the land where Quaker John Fenwick, Salem's founder, arrived in 1675. According to local lore, Fenwick met with Lenny Lenape Native Americans and signed a peace treaty under the tree, an event commemorated on the site by a historical marker. That's fantastic. I would be proud to have such a seedling in my yes in my property i would think so fantastic it's wonderful mm-hmm. health officials in the canadian province this are... is your last story okay wow yeah. well, i hope it's a wonderful story and on a high note johnny right, and on a high note well 
usually use the good stuff. We early, gotta go home know? and start making the stuff. The stuff. Stuffing yeah. is uh, all. We're ready to roll. Yeah. I got a fresh batch of medicine at home. I can't wait to dive into. <laughs> I might have to stop off at Midway Liquor before though. Nah, they say I can't take uh, liquor with this medicine. <laughs> it's too good. Don't tell me it's an opioid. Uh, no, I told him no opioids. I, I I told him that no no. A woman who allegedly shot at a KFC drive-thru for not getting a fork and napkin with her order has been arrested. A 33-year-old from Sandy Springs, Georgia, taken into custody almost a month after the incident. 33-year-old Janelle Jade Dare arrested after authorities tracked her to Atlanta. Nobody luckily injured in the original incident, although there were several customers and employees in the restaurant at the time. In a statement obtained by Newsweek when it originally happened, a spokesman said a shots fired call came from the KFC. When they got there, the window was broken, and they were given descriptions of... I'm continually amazed at what makes people angry. That's that's not Didn't plausible to be angry now. about that. Right. It's just not... It's not Life's too short. A good chance she's probably had some other issues going on. Like, like 20 pounds of meth, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, terrible. Get your ice melt. Get your screen. You can get that at Fratelloni's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grand Avenue. I bet he had a field day at all yeah. stores oh. today on shovels. Absolutely, well, and snowblowers. And last night too for yeah. people gearing up. Yeah. And don't forget those. Uh, remember last year the hockey pucks they sold. Do those work? Those, those yeah. worked wonderfully, and I bought them at the one uh, right off of uh, Plato Boulevard. You mean for the Paul. gutters? The roof. Yeah. Yeah. But you just throw the hockey puck up. That's a hockey puck of salt, and it does wonders. Fantastic. Surprise late last minute edition. Our guy Tony Lee came through. Ready? Yeah, what? Our new scramble. Garage door. Finally. Thank God today is Friday. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. If you want to hear more stuff like that, go to garagelogic.com because this will be our scramble in perpetuity. But if you missed a podcast or two, check it all out. Garagelogic.com podcast version. Boom. I told he's just he's just amazed. I can't believe T- he T- works for HBO. He's okay. He's okay. A little Jewish boy from Highland Park. Tony, we love you. Oh my god, we're so lucky. Wow.